Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today's going to be episode 62 of the NeuroEdge podcast. The name of today's episode is 12 Hacks to Increase Your Metabolism. And metabolism is probably something you are familiar with, even if you're not that involved in the health and fitness world. But what I wanted to do today is just go over a few different things that can actually help increase our metabolism, and that is just going to be our base metabolic rate. So if you look at it in a nutshell, our metabolism is just the amount of calories that we burn in a day. Unfortunately, in today's modern world, there are a lot of things that are affecting our metabolisms negatively and causing us to have slower metabolisms and not burn as many calories as we should, which is why you see so much rampant chronic disease, chronic illness, obesity, insulin sensitivity, all those things. So I want to break down a few different hacks that you can use. They're all natural, that are pretty easy to do. They don't require any substantial habit change or anything like that. And I just want to go over them and talk about how you can implement them in your life and how they can actually help you increase the amount of calories that you burn. And again, the goal of this is to just kind of insert little things that are going to help. And what that does is it helps bring your baseline back to being able to burn more calories, which is going to cause you to lose weight which is also going to help with building muscle and all those different things. So as always, if you are listening to this and you've been a listener for a while, or this is your first episode, I just want to say thank you so much. I know your time is your most valuable asset, and I really appreciate you spending that here with me today. The goal of this project is to grow and strengthen and learn about our body, about how we can condition our body and our mind to be the strongest version of ourselves possible. And that's what I'm going to be going over today. But again, just want to say thanks. And if you want to be a part of a community of like-minded people that are into the same thing, if this resonates with you, if you'd like to talk to other people, I am building a community of people like us that enjoy self-improvement and enjoy taking your health and your fitness to the next level and unlocking your true potential in life. So you can check that out in the description that's in the podcast description as well as the YouTube description. And if you have any questions, or anything like that, definitely feel free to hit me up. But that being said, let's get on into it. So just to give a brief overview of what metabolism is. So think about metabolism as your daily burn rate. So every day you have a certain caloric amount that you need to input into your body and able to function properly. So it's kind of like our metabolism, if you think about it, is like our gas tank. What is the size of our gas tank? How many calories do we need to fill up that tank in order to live our life, be healthy, have relationships, chase our dreams, whatever it is that we're trying to do on this planet? Our metabolism is kind of the tank that we need to be aware of and we need to be aware of how big it is and what we need to fill it up with. So our metabolism is just how our body is using energy, nothing more. It's just how our body takes in calories and uses that. Now, obviously, depending on your energy requirements, depending on your activity level, depending on your size, your muscle mass, all those different things, everybody's gonna have what is called a different base metabolic rate. And you will hear that abbreviated a lot of times as BMR. And all that means is you have an average base rate that your body really needs in order to function well. I know for me, mine is going to be somewhere around 3,000 calories, depending on my activity level for the day, depending on what I've been doing. And for most people, this is where you'll see a lot of the 2,000 calorie standard diet and where you'll see people saying, okay, based on your carbs, fats, or proteins, this is the uh, amount that you need for that day, which if you're going off the food pyramid is irreprehensibly, irreprehensibly wrong for most people, but 
Anyway, that's a different pop topic for a different podcast. But just think of it as the amount of calories that you need to burn through in a day based on your energy requirements, based on your demands that you're placing on your body to fuel itself. So that's kind of our base metabolic rate. Well, what can happen is over time, and this can be from stress, it can be from different lifestyle factors, it can be as just from aging in general, is our metabolism tends to slow down. So when you're younger, you have a really high metabolism, most people. Unfortunately, because of a lot of the poor diet choices that parents inflict upon their children and a lot of the poor food quality that we have, even younger kids today are having metabolic problems and having problems with their metabolism. But traditionally, historically, humans, when we're younger, we have a higher metabolism. And this is why you can see younger people, although not so much today, in the past being able to eat as much as they want and really get away with it and not put on any excess fat. It's because their metabolism is so high, their energy level is so high, that they're burning through it. And even though they're eating what would seem like a surplus of calories, their body's burning through it and it's above their, their base metabolic rate is above the threshold of calories that they're eating, therefore they don't put on fat. Now, there's a lot of science coming to the forefront that's talking about quality of the calories that you eat versus quantity and how that can actually affect your metabolism as well, which is very important. It's not something that I'm going to do a deep dive into today, but it is something to note that a lot of I think it's the if it fits your macros thing is not necessarily true because the food that you could be eating actually affects your metabolism and your micronutrient levels and everything. So just because you say, okay, my energy requirement is 3,000 calories, just because you stay under that energy requirement does not necessarily mean that you're going to lose weight. And just because you go over it does not necessarily mean that you're going to gain fat or build muscle. A lot goes into the quality of the calories that you're eating and then also excess extra things that you're doing to control your metabolism manipulate your metabolism and before i get into these one of the biggest things i've noticed is being a regular faster for the last few years is that you can really manipulate your metabolism to kind of go how you want it and we always want our metabolism to be a little bit in flux so we don't want to have one set base metabolic rate because what can happen is as we age obviously when you're younger you're burning through a bunch of calories, but as we age, that can slow down just because our energy levels are lower or hormone levels, particularly given everything that's going on in the environment now, might not be as high or optimized as they should be, which can affect our metabolism, which can affect our fat, body fat percentage, which ends up causing a whole host of problems. And again, it's what you will see in the world today is where we have so much rampant obesity, chronic illness, and all those things. So a lot of that can be traced back to metabolism. And your metabolism is going to be, again, that energy expenditure that you need. So we need to make sure that we are proactive in regulating our, our metabolism, controlling our metabolism, and understanding factors that can influence that. Obviously, two of the biggest ones are going to be inflammation and insulin sensitivity. So those are really going to be the two keys to health that we need to understand. And they're kind of the, the prelude, if you will to our metabolism. So we need to make sure that we're conscious of those two things. And inflammation from a standpoint of not only muscle inflammation, but just inflammation we may cause to our gut, to our brain from the different foods that we eat, from the lack of activity that we may have. And then of course insulin sensitivity that could be come from that could come from eating too many carbohydrates, becoming sensitive sensitive to insulin to where you're body is not in the ideal state because it's so used to having sugar and carbohydrates that it ends up metabolizing a lot of those into fat. So before I talk about the different ways metabolism 
that we can increase it. You want to make sure that you have those in check before you start looking to some of these extra hacks, even though all the ones I'm going to talk about are going to be all natural. You want to make sure that you kind of have that in line. And I really think this is the key to our health. And so much of the disease comes from what a lot of people are coining now is the term metabolic syndrome. So if you are in control of your metabolism, most likely, not in all cases, but most likely you're going to be in control over your overall health. And that's important to realize because if you are in any shape or form, whatever your goal is, whether you're looking to build muscle, lose fat, have more energy, any of those, live longer, live a longer, healthier life, our metabolism is going to be key to that. So we have to understand the mechanisms of our metabolism, things that we can do to improve it and understand that we are kind of fighting a battle against our metabolism. And what can happen again over time is our base metabolic rate decreases. So maybe at one point we were used to eating 3000 calories a day. And then over time, as we age and we don't take care of ourselves, that drops down to 2,500, but we still eat the same and we're getting, we're putting ourselves in a caloric surplus, which will lead to excess fat build up within our cells, which leads to, again, inflammation, insulin sensitivity, a lot of the chronic disease that can happen. So that being said, what are the 12 ways? Let's go ahead and get on into it. I know that's a little bit long-winded intro, but just wanted to explain some of these. So number one is going to be starting your day with protein and fats. And I really believe, as opposed to a carbohydrate-rich breakfast, obviously I think fasting is important, but there's still areas for breakfast, I'm not saying you have to fast all day, although that might be good some days. However, when you are eating breakfast, you want to make sure that your breakfast is oriented towards having more healthy fats, so not omega-6 trans fats, things like that, but omega-3 fatty acids, and the probably more monounsaturated fatty acids than uh, saturated fatty acids. But we wanna make sure that our breakfast food is oriented more around fats and protein, particularly healthy, clean versions of this. And I just want to give an example. Um, there was a research published in the International Journal of Obesity that revealed that subjects who started their morning with eggs versus a bagel, so eggs versus a bagel, I think eggs are one of the most premier superfoods on our planet. But people that started with eggs versus a bagel lost 65% more weight than the people that ate a bagel. And that is kind of a big number. And I know there's a lot of different factors, studies, community moved around and everything, but it's no secret that if you are eating more fats and it's particularly healthy fats and healthy protein, that you're going to be fuller for longer. And what that does, whereas a bagel is going to spike your insulin, there are more empty calories and you're going to burn through it really fast. Your insulin is going to spike, then you're going to crash and you're going to have a blood sugar crash. Then you're going to be hungry, hungry again in two or three hours. The fats and proteins are more satiating. So they're going to fill us up for longer and we're not going to be as hungry to keep eating more. Also, it helps improve our metabolism because if we are in that state, chances are we're closer to being in ketosis, which burns more fat, which is going to increase our metabolism as well. So I know that is probably more something a lot of people talk about keto, whatever. I'm not saying you have to go all there, but at least for that first breakfast, don't sabotage it by eating sugar, eating cereal, something like that. Save it for later than day, particularly after you have done physical activity. I'm not saying sugar is the devil and the the worst thing that you can do. However, we want to make sure at breakfast we're not doing that because it can seriously affect our metabolism throughout the rest of the day. Number two, and I talk about this a lot, is be out in the sun. So the sun is going to affect our vitamin D levels, how we metabolize vitamin D, which also in turn affects our metabolism. 
But getting sun, particularly in the morning, is going to be important because it helps regulate our circadian rhythm. So it jumpstarts our body. It tells us, hey, it's sunny outside. It's time to go. It's time to get all these involuntary processes going on throughout our body. And there was a study that was done in uh, Northwestern's Feinberg School of Medicine that found that individuals who were exposed to early morning sunlight had lower BMIs, which is body mass index, which is just a measurement to track how overweight or underweight you are. They had lower BMIs independent of other factors known to affect metabolism like exercise, calorie consumption, or age. So take the amount of calories you're eating, take your age, take your exercise levels. When they controlled for all of those things and they just looked at sunlight for people, people that got more sunlight early in the morning had a higher metabolism. So I think that's really important. That's something I'm conscious of. I try to at least every morning get outside in the sun, even if it's just for 10, 15, 20 minutes, help regulate that circadian rhythm. And our bodies are wired to do that. So when we are putting ourselves in the ideal circadian rhythm state, that in turn is going to help our metabolism, which is going to in turn help keep us unwanted pounds off, help keep our energy levels higher and all that good stuff. Number three, and I thought this was interesting because traditionally, this hasn't been something that has been out in the ether of people thinking is something that's necessary, but actually it's building muscle. So number three, number three building muscle, it, the more muscle you have, the actual higher metabolic rate you're gonna have. And the reason for that is because you have more muscle, um, you have a higher resting metabolic rate because your body is expending a little bit more energy to feed your muscle, to have all the systems in your body and carry that muscle around. And if you know, if you're someone that is more muscular or whether you're not, you look at bodybuilders, they get really hot and that's because they're carrying around so much muscle. Obviously you probably don't want as much as a pro bodybuilder. However, that's because their metabolism is so high because they're carrying around so much muscle. So when we build muscle, it improves our metabolism and it recomposes our body to be more ideal to get that off of our body. Um, but researchers at the Journal of Clinical Investigation revealed that subjects with greater proportions of skeletal muscle had significantly rest, higher resting metabolic rates, which is just that BMR, than those with a higher fat to muscle ratio. So there's something going on there with the amount of muscle we have and how that affects our metabolism. And that's why I always harp on the fact, yes, running is good, but if you can do some sort of resistance training, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what age, what fitness level, having more muscle and developing resistance strength training is going to be correlate one with longevity, but also you see here having a higher metabolism. And I truly believe that is one of the keys to health is you want to make sure that you have more muscle and over time, whatever you're doing. Number four, I thought this was pretty cool and it's not something that I do regularly, but I thought it was cool to include was green tea. So green tea can actually help boost your metabolism. And I know that green tea pairs caffeine with L-theanine. So it's kind of getting the benefits of caffeine where you get the mental cognition improvement. And then you also get the relaxing benefits of theanine. So it kind of channels your caffeine into focus and spreads it all over time, which I've talked about in other episodes. But um, when you add green tea, it can help suppress thirst cues that you might be mistaking for hunger. hunger and it has a combination of anti antioxidants as well as the caffeine they can help upregulate your metabolism as well. So that's something that also you can do while you're fasting and you probably get extra benefits from fasting and drinking green tea at the same time. So definitely something I want to try. I'm not a huge tea drinker, but um, thought it sounded pretty cool. Number five is 
spicy food. And this is something I had no idea that this actually was a thing. I enjoy spicy food. I would say on a scale of one to 10, I'm probably a six or seven in terms of how spicy I can tolerate things. Everybody's a little bit different. Uh, my family is not particularly a family that has a lot of spicy stuff, but I do like spicy food, whether it's then Mexican dishes or anything like that. I like spicy food, but I did not realize that it actually helps your metabolism. So researchers at the Paris Institute of Technology for Life, Food, and Environmental Sciences found that supplementation with a small amount of capsaicin, which is a compound that makes hot food spicy, so it's just a compound in our foods that, spicy foods that you'll find that makes the spice, it increased subjects' calorie burn without increasing their blood pressure, which a lot of people would tend to think that you're just doing it because you're increasing your blood pressure, which makes it a safe metabolic remedy for those who can't add other factors such as exercise and that to your routine. So if you want to put different things like paprika, chili peppers, any of that stuff on your food, that actually helps with metabolism. And I thought that was pretty cool that it increased your metabolism. I don't know whether that's because it makes you a little sweaty or activates your sweat glands or what's going on there, but thought that was pretty cool and something that is pretty easy, especially if you like spicy foods. Now, obviously you don't want to be eating something that is junk food like Flamin' Hot Cheetos that kind of negates the effect, but if you do want to put some of these healthy spices in your food, it can help increase metabolism. Number six is going to be sleep, and obviously I can't stress sleep enough. I probably sound like a broken record talking about it, but I did just want to include how it affects your metabolism. So there was a study found at the University of Sao Paulo that found a link between the sleep hormone melatonin and the production and increase of leptin, which is a hormone that signals satiation within our body. So when we don't get a good night's sleep, we are actually affecting the cravings that we have, and I know I've experience this firsthand when I don't get enough sleep, it is harder for our body to turn off and we get more cravings, particularly for, I've noticed in my own life, junk food and different things like that. So um, there's another study also published in the academic journal of sleep that even minor sleep deprivation can increase levels of cortisol, which is a hormone that triggers fat storage, which can also reduce our base metabolic rate and make it harder to lose weight or easier to put on excess unwanted weight. So obviously that kind of goes without saying, you wanna make sure you're sleeping enough because of there's millions of different benefits from sleep and it's just crucial to our existence as human beings. But be conscious of that, that if you are in a sleep deprived state, it's going to affect your metabolism for the worse and cause you to have cravings for foods and make it that much harder. And that's what I always talk about. It makes it that much harder from your baseline to not make the right choices. So you want to make sure the baseline is right. That way you don't have the cravings that cause you to eat food that's going to cause unwanted health effects. The next one is water and particularly cold water. And I thought this was pretty cool that if you drink cold water or immerse yourself in cold water before a meal, that it can actually... Increase your base metabolic rate, and also um, over time, it was shown in the journal, journal of Clinical and Diagnostic Research that over an eight-week period, overweight girls who drank water half an hour before their meals significantly lost more weight and helped, and it was because their metabolic rate in, increased. And I think there's probably something here going on with insulin sensitivity. If you immerse yourself, so you put cold water in your body, or you take a shower, which would probably have a greater, even greater effect than drinking the water, that that can affect how insulin sensitive you are, thereby helping your metabolism because you're going to metabolize carbohydrates if you're eating them in that meal in a better way than you would without. So thought that was pretty interesting. Again, talk about it all the time, but another huge benefit of cold water. 
Number eight is going to be probiotics, and I am a huge proponent of probiotics, particularly earlier in my life, I had a period where I was on a hefty phase of antibiotics, and I know that ruined my stomach for a while. So probiotics are really important and not something that you can necessarily find in a lot of the standard American diet food. There is a lot in food like kimchi, pickles, sauerkrauts, any of those things, and a lot of fermented foods. Um, but researchers at Imperial College in London determined there was a link in consumption of probiotics with those uh, that are found in fermented foods and metabolic changes that lead to decreased fat absorption and weight loss. So probiotics, huge benefit that you can get there from supplementing with them and taking them. And also just to go along with that, it's important to have prebiotics along with your probiotics to help them just go through your whole intestinal tract properly. But um, probiotics can be a huge benefit to your metabolism and make sure that you in, are in a state where your metabolism is increasing rather than decreasing. Number nine is going to be keep cool. And this is actually kind of to go back to the water analogy. I have noticed this definitely in the winter because I will go outside and train and do high intensity training in the cold weather. And being in the cold actually helps increase your metabolism. So when you exercise in a cold state, which seems counterintuitive because there's obviously benefits from being in heat and being in sauna as well. But when you exercise in the cold, that actually boosts your metabolism. And research published at the Journal, Journal of Clinical Investigation revealed that exposures to temperatures between 60 and 61 degrees over a 10-day period saw significant increases in healthy brown adipose tissue, which is the kind that um, burns visceral fat. So if you want to exercise, try it next time if you can. Obviously, it's summer right now. But if it's cold in the winter, wherever you're at, go outside and exercise, and you'll probably notice a huge uptake in your metabolism and the burning of fat. I know I have from training outside in the winter. Number 10 is going to be high-intensity interval training. I'm not going to harp too much on this one because I just did a whole podcast about this, and you can go listen back to that one to get some of the benefits. But when you do high-intensity interval training, I did want to show that there was a study over a 12-week period. Um, the base metabolic rate of metabolisms or metabolisms of people that engage in high-intensity interval training increased for up to 72 hours. So when you do something, and again, we get all these different hormone releases from doing high-intensity interval training, but when you do that, it actually burns fat over the long haul for up to three days after that. So that can be a huge hack. And rather than doing something like cardio, take the less time that you would spend doing a 30 minute or an hour jog and focus on doing something that's really strenuous for 10 minutes. Obviously, that's safe, but um, that can help increase your metabolism as well. Number 11, I thought at the end here is that your phone can actually so looking at your phone and particularly before bed. So uh, there was a study done at the research at the National Institute on Drug Abuse found that 50 minutes of cell phone use a day, which I'm sure we are all doing at this point in 2020, can affect your brain's glucose, met glucose metabolism, which reveals that our base metabolic rate can actually be affected by our phone use, which is kind of crazy. And I'm not sure if it's because usually when we're phones, we're being sedentary or if there's something going on there, but more phone use equals not good for your metabolism. So I know for me, I might have to be on the phone a lot when I'm working or whatever, but just understand that that is affecting your metabolism and at least try to be conscious in the mornings and the evenings to put away your phone. It's not good for a plethora of reasons. And also um, the blue light from phone, a study at Northwestern University found that blue light emitted from digital devices can have a ne negative impact on our, our circadian ry rhythms, 
which affect our sleep, which again is going to affect metabolism. So it's kind of the second and third order consequences more from the phone of what it causes to happen, but it is not good. And the last one, number 12, to close it out, is just going to be to relax, de-stress as much as possible. Um, multiple studies have linked increased cortisol to have negative effects on our metabolism. And obviously cortisol is a result from being stressed out too much, which is something in today's modern world with the economic situation, with environmental toxins, all those different things that are causing problems to the human system, humanity, human body, all that today. Um, cause stress on our body, which can in turn affect our metabolism, which is just not good long-term and can cause a lot of problems. So just be aware of that, that if you're in a state where you're chronically stressed out, stress is good up to a certain point, but you want to make sure that you're not chronically stressed out all the time because it can have serious deleterious effects on our metabolism and cause unwanted weight gain, unwanted second and third order consequences. So I know that kind of sounds like a broken record based on what I talk about, but just think it's important that you make a conscious practice, whether it's through breath work, meditation, any of those things to ensure that you are de-stressing and decompressing because in order to succeed at the highest level possible, we need to prime our body to do so. So anyway, that was the, those were the 12 hacks to increase your metabolism. Hopefully it was helpful. Even if you just pick up one and try one, let me know. Let me know if any of these resonate with you. And if you hadn't heard of one, like some of these, when I was doing research, I hadn't necessarily came across before, but I'm going to definitely try them. So if you have any other questions, anything like that, don't forget to join the community of other like-minded people that are looking to become superhuman, take their health and performance to the next level. And I will see you guys soon in the next episode. Peace.